Welcome to The Word for Today, featuring the Bible teaching of Pastor Chuck Smith, founder of the Calvary Chapel Movement. This radio program is a verse-by-verse study through the entire Bible. And on today's edition of The Word for Today, Pastor Chuck continues with wanting answers from God as we pick up in Job chapter 33, verse 10. And now with today's message, here's Pastor Chuck. There are some people that may want to get to heaven and sit down and get all the explanations for life and and all. Not me. I have no desire to waste my time in heaven with that kind of stuff. Just glad to be out of this mess. And just with the Lord and there in his presence and in his kingdom. So he declares... For God has spoken once, yes, twice, yet man did not perceive it. In a dream and in a vision of the night, when deep sleep falls upon men in slumberings on the bed, then he opens the ears of men and seals their instructions. That he may withdraw man from his purpose and hide pride from man, he keeps back his soul from the pit and his life from perishing by the sword. Now God speaks. Once, he speaks twice. How does God speak? He speaks sometimes through dreams. He speaks sometimes through visions. God can speak in various ways to people. I think, though, that our hearts need to be open to hear the voice of God. I believe that God is speaking and does speak quite often, and we just don't understand that it is God speaking. We don't understand his voice. We're looking for some... Uh, echo chamber type of voice. Charles! Oh, God, you know. (laughs) You know, expecting things to just reverberate. But God speaks in such beautiful, natural ways that we're not always aware that it is God speaking. God can speak to us through dreams. He can speak to us through visions. He can speak to us through angels. He can speak to us through his word. He can speak to us through a friend. God can speak to us in many different ways, and you can't really limit the ways by which God speaks to a man. Elijah said there was a fire. God wasn't in a fire. There was a horrible wind. God wasn't in the wind. There was an earthquake. God wasn't in the earthquake. And then there came a still, small voice, and God was in the still, small voice. Now, that was that particular experience, but God can speak and did speak to Moses through the fire. God spoke to the jailer through an earthquake. God can speak in different ways. The fact is, God is speaking. Am I listening? Am I tuned in? Would you believe me if I told you that in this room tonight there are all kinds of pictures and all kinds of voices? There's beautiful symphonic music in this room right now. And there's hard rock. And there's all kinds of sounds in this room right now. Now, if you had a little radio and you would tune it, you could pick up all of the music that's floating through the air just by turning your tuner, tuning in. You could see all of the pictures that are floating through the air. Hear the voices, but you've got to be tuned into them. Even so, God is speaking, but we're not always tuned in to the voice of God. 
It takes really, I think, a, a definite act of our own will of saying, Lord, speak to me, show me, and then waiting to allow God to speak to us, listening to what the Lord might have to say. And I think that our, our mistake is that we're not asking God direct questions and thus we're not getting direct answers. We're not listening enough to hear God speak to us. God has spoken once. God has spoken twice. He speaks in visions. He opens the ears. He turns us from our purposes in order that he might keep us back from the pit. He is chastened also with pain upon his bed that is man and the multitude of his bones with strong pain so that his life abhors bread and his soul dainty meat his flesh is consumed away that it cannot be seen and his bones that they were not they stick out so he's sort of describing Job's condition man you you know you're in pain and your bones are sticking out and your health is taken away and all God's trying to speak to you Job if there be a messenger with him an interpreter one among a thousand to show man his uprightness then he is gracious unto him, and he says, Deliver him from going down to the pit. I have found a ransom. His flesh shall be fresher than a child's. He shall return to the days of his youth. He shall pray unto God, and he will be favorable unto him, and he shall see his face with joy, and he'll render unto man his righteousness. He looks upon men, and if any say, I've sinned and perverted that which was right, and it profiteth me not, he will deliver his soul. If you'll confess, he is saying, He'll deliver your soul from the pit, and your life shall see the light. Lo, these things God works oftentimes with man to bring back his soul from the pit to be enlightened with the light of the living. Mark well, O Job, hearken unto me. Hold thy peace, and I'm going to speak. And if you have anything to say, then answer. Speak, for I desire to justify thee. If not, then listen to me. Hold your peace, and I'm going to teach you wisdom. So this young kid's telling now, Job, just, if you've got anything to say, say it. But if not, then just let me talk on, because I'm going to teach you a few things here. Now, what he is saying is, is basically pretty sound, and that is that God oftentimes uses chastisement to turn us away from the pit. You know, as a child of God, you're in a, a, a very good position because God's not going to let you get away with evil. Now, everyone around you may get away with it. That's because they are not children of God but because he's your father and he's watching over you, he's not going to let you get by with perversity, with crookedness. And God uses chastisement to keep his children out of the pit. God will stop you. He'll allow you to be caught up with. My son, despise not the chastening of the Lord, for whom the Lord loveth he chasteneth and scourgeth every son whom he receiveth. And if you are not chastened, then you're like a bastard. You're not really his son. If you can do evil and get by with it, then I would be very worried. If you can cheat and get by with it, then you have cause to really be worried. But if you're a child of God, he's not going to let you get by. You're going to get caught up with. That's because he's trying to save you from the snare, from the pit. Furthermore, Elihu went on then, Job didn't answer, 
He said, Hear my words, O ye wise men. Give ear unto me that have knowledge. For the ear tries words as the mouth tastes meat. That's a very picturesque phrase, isn't it? The ear tries words even as your mouth tastes meat. You taste it, see what it's like. Your ears listen to it, you know, and judges it. See what it tastes like. Let us choose to us judgment. Let us know among ourselves what is good. For Job hath said, I am righteous, and God has taken away my judgment. Should I lie against my right? My wound is incurable without transgression. This is what Job is saying. He, and then Elohu answers, What man is like Job who drinks up scorning like water? Here you guys have been scorning him, and the guy's just been drinking it up like water. You ever seen anybody like that? <laughs> He's saying, I'm righteous, you know. I'm afflicted for nothing. This guy's drinking up your scorn like water. Have you ever seen anybody like Job? For he hath said, it profits a man nothing that he should delight himself with God. Therefore, hearken unto me, ye men of understanding. Far be it from God that he should do wickedness, and from the Almighty that he should commit iniquity. For the work of a man shall he render unto him, and cause every man to find according to his ways. Yes, surely God will not do wickedly, neither will the Almighty pervert judgment. Who hath given him a charge over the earth? Or who hath disposed the whole world? If he has set his heart upon man, if he gathers into himself his spirit and his breath, all flesh shall perish together, and men shall turn again to dust. If thou hast understanding, hear this. Hearken to the voice of my words. Shall even he that hates right govern, and will you condemn him that is most just? Is it fit to say to a king, Thou art wicked, and to princes you are ungodly? How much less to him that accepts not the persons of princes, nor regards the rich more than the poor, for they are all the work of his hands. God has created all men. And we're really, who, Paul said, who are you, O man, who judges another man's servant? Before his own master, he either stands or falls. God is able to make him to stand. We're not really to be guilty of condemning and judging our neighbor. Judge not lest ye be judged. So Elihu is sort of pointing out this very same thing. God has made each man. In a moment they will die. The people will be troubled at midnight and pass away, and the mighty shall be taken away without a hand. For his eyes are upon the ways of man, he sees his going. There is no darkness nor shadow of death where the workers of iniquity may hide themselves. For he will not lay upon man more than right that he should enter into judgment with God. He will break in pieces mighty men without number and set others in their stead. Therefore he knows their works. He overturns them in the night and they are destroyed. He strikes them as wicked men in the open sight of others because they turn back from him and would not consider any of his ways so that they cause the cry of the poor to come unto him, and he hears the cry of the afflicted. When he gives quietness, who then can make trouble? And when he hides his face, who then can behold him, whether it be done against a nation or against a single individual? That the hypocrite reign not, lest the people be ensnared. Surely it is necessary to be said unto God, I have borne chastisement, I will not offend any more. 
That which I see not, teach thou me. If I have done iniquity, I will do it no more. So he's really saying to Job, now Job, you'd be much better off to say to God, if I have borne this chastisement, I won't offend you anymore, and Father, show me what it is. Teach me, if I've done iniquity, that I will do it no more. Should it be according to thy mind, he will recompense it, whether you refuse or whether you choose, and not I. Therefore speak what you know. Let men of understanding tell me, and let wise men hearken unto me. Job has spoken without knowledge, and his words are without wisdom. My desire is that Job may be tried to the end because of his answers for wicked men. For he hath added rebellion unto his sin. He claps his hands among us and multiplies his words against God. Uh, Elihu is really laying on. Job, I wish God would even do worse to you, man. I wish he'd take you right out to the end. Because here you are clapping your hands at us and yelling at us and, and this kind of stuff and, you know, telling us that God is not fair. Elihu continued to speak. He said, do you think this to be right? That you said, my righteousness is more than God's. Now, Job didn't actually say that, but he is, he is taking Job's words and, and showing that this would be the conclusion of what Job had said. Do you think it's right that you said, my righteousness is more than God's? For you said, here's what Job actually said, what advantage will it be unto me, and what profit shall I have if I am cleansed from my sin? I will answer thee and thy companions with thee. Look to the heavens and see. Behold the clouds which are higher than you. If you sin, what do you against him? Or if any transgressions be multiplied, what do you do unto him? If thou be righteous, what do you give to him? Or what receiveth he of your hand? Thy wickedness may hurt man as you are, and thy righteousness may profit the sons of men. In other words, Elohu is saying to Job, what can you add to God or what can you take away from God? If you live a righteous life, what's it going to do? What's it add to God? If you live a sinful life, what does it take away from God? God is above man, so far above man. What advantage can God have in me living a good life? What does it disadvantage God for me to live a wicked life? You see, I can't really touch God. Now, it touches others. If I live a sinful life, others around me may be hurt by it. They may be disadvantaged by my lying or cheating or stealing. Or if I do good, others may be benefited by my good. If I feed the poor or help them out, then they can be benefited. Man can benefit by my righteousness or sinfulness, but what does it do for God? What does it add to God? that I live a righteous, holy life? Interesting questions. What can a man add unto God? He said, by reason of the multitude of oppressions, they make the oppressed to cry. They cry out by reason of the arm of the mighty. But none says, where is God my maker who gives songs in the night, who teaches us more than the beasts of the earth and makes us wiser than the fowls of the heaven? There they cry, but none gives answer because of the pride of evil men. Surely God will not hear vanity, neither will the Almighty regard it. Although you say that you shall not see him, yet judgment is before him. Therefore, trust thou in him. 
But now because it is not so, he hath visited in his anger, yet he knows it not in great extremity. Therefore doth Job open his mouth in vain. He multiplies words without knowledge. Elihu continued. He's really taking them on. Just allow me a little more, and I'm going to show you what I have to speak on God's behalf. I'm going to fetch my knowledge from far off. I'm going to ascribe righteousness to my maker. For truly my word shall not be false. He that is perfect in knowledge is with thee. Here I am, folks. <laughs> this young guy is really getting carried away. He that is perfect in knowledge is with thee. Behold, he said, God is mighty and despises not any. He is mighty in strength and wisdom. He preserveth not the life of the wicked, but giveth right to the poor. He withdraws not his eyes from the righteous, but with kings are they on the throne. Yea, he doth establish them forever, and they are exalted. And if they, are, they be bound in fetters and be held with cords of affliction, then he shows them their work and transgressions where they have exceeded. He opens also their ear to discipline and commands that they return from iniquity. If they obey and serve him, they shall spend their days in prosperity and their years in pleasure. But if they obey not, they shall perish by the sword and shall die without knowledge. But the hypocrites in heart heap up wrath. They cry not when he binds them. Now, he's talking really about Job making a direct application because Job is saying, I'm innocent. I haven't done anything. So, uh, this is describing now to Job as a hypocrite in his heart. He heaps up God's wrath. He doesn't cry when God has bound him. They die in youth. Their life is among the unclean. He delivers the poor in his affliction and opens the ears in oppression. Even so, would he have removed thee out of the strait into a broad place where there is no straightness, that, and that which should be set on thy table should be full of fatness. If you'd only have repented, if you only asked forgiveness, God would have taken you out of these straits. And, and, but you have fulfilled the judgment of the wicked. Judgment and justice have taken hold on thee. Because there is wrath, beware, lest he take thee away with his stroke, and a great ransom cannot deliver thee. Will he esteem your riches? No, not gold nor the forces of strength. Desire not the night when people are cut off in their place. Take heed, regard not iniquity, for this has been chosen rather than affliction. Behold, God exalts by his power who teaches like him. Who hath enjoined him his way, or who can say, Thou hast wrought iniquity? Remember that thou magnify his work which men behold. Every man may see it, and man may behold it afar off. Behold, God is great. And we know him not, neither can the number of his years be searched out. For he makes small the drops of water. They pour down rain according to the vapor thereof. Now, evidently, as Elihu is talking, this storm is moving in. And so the kid is so busy talking, he, he starts now using some of the, uh, the, the rain that starts to fall and so forth, and he starts to weave it into his speech. But uh, he is actually now drawing from the weather as, as this storm moves in. Uh, in a few moments, God is going to speak out of the storm, out of the whirlwind. God is going to speak. But evidently, this storm is building up and the thunder begins and the lightning, and he begins to sort of interweave this into his, in his speech. He said, For he makes small the drops of water. They pour down rain according to the vapor thereof. 
which the clouds do drop and distill upon man abundantly. Also can any understand the spreadings of the clouds or the noise of his tabernacle? Behold, he spreads his light upon it and covers the bottom of the sea. For by them judges he the people. He gives meat in abundance. With clouds he covers the light and commands it not to shine. And by the cloud that cometh between. The noise thereof showeth concerning, the noise thereof showeth concerning it and the cattle also concerning the vapor. At this also my heart trembled and is moved out of his place. Hear attentively the noise of his voice and the sound that goeth out of his mouth. He directs it under the whole heaven and is lightning to the ends of the earth. And after it a voice roars and he thunders with the voice of his excellency and he will not stay them when his voice is heard. God thunders marvelously with his voice. Great things doeth he. And uh, out of the south comes the whirlwind and the waters. And, and he goes on and uses actually this gathering storm and, and weaving it into his speech with Job. He's not really saying much, just a lot of words. Um, and then fair weather comes out of the north with God is awesome majesty. Touching the Almighty, we cannot find him out. He is excellent in power and in judgment and in plenty of justice. He will not afflict. Men do therefore fear him or reverence him and he respecteth not any that are wise of heart. We'll return with more of our verse-by-verse Bible study in the book of Job on our next broadcast. As Pastor Chuck continues to teach through the Bible, and we do hope you'll make plans to join us. But right now, if you'd like to order a copy of today's message, simply order Job 33-37 through 37 when visiting the wordfortoday.org. And while you're there, be sure to browse the many additional biblical resources by Pastor Chuck. You can also subscribe to the Word for Today podcast or sign up for our email subscription. Once again, that's the wordfortoday.org. For those of you wishing to call, our toll-free number is 1-800-272-WORD. And our office hours are Monday through Friday, 8 a.m. to 5 p.m. Pacific Time. Again, that's 1-800-272-9673. If you prefer to write, our mailing address is The Word for Today, P.O. Box 8000, Costa Mesa, California, 92628. And now, on behalf of The Word for Today, we'd like to thank all of you who share in supporting this ministry with your prayers and financial support. And be sure to join us again next time as Pastor Chuck continues his verse-by-verse study through the Bible. That's right here on the next edition of The Word for Today. And now, once again, here's Pastor Chuck. And now may the Lord help you to assimilate that which we have studied, and may you be enriched in the knowledge of God and His will and His plan for your life. May the Lord be with you, to bless you, guide you, and may you be kept by that power of God through faith and trust in Him. In Jesus' name. This program has been sponsored by Calvary Chapel of Costa Mesa, California. Lord, I believe in you. I'll always believe in you. It is by faith that you've been walking into one level of spiritual maturity to another. 
Faith is the key to a successful Christian life. That is why the Word of God tells us, without faith, it's impossible to please God. It was faith that led Abraham into the land of promise. It was faith that led the children of Israel through the Red Sea. It was faith that enabled Peter to step out of the boat and to walk on water. The question is, what might faith do in you? To order a copy of Pastor Chuck's book, Faith, or to preview a chapter for free online, visit thewordfortoday.org or call 800-272-9673.